You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked on Pistons podcast, your episode for Thursday, February the 11th and the Pacers in town tonight. And based on a typo on my show sheet, I can tell you that the Pacers are just one letter away from Packers. How about that? This is your boy, Matt Shook. The more you know, the host of the Locked on Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today we got the preview for tonight's game, the first of three this season against the Indiana Pacers. Brother Brian's got the details Also going to talk with Gavin Shaw of Lockdown Knicks. He's going to tell us all we need to know about Dennis Smith Jr. as he prepares for his debut in the red, white, and blue tonight at Little Caesars Arena. Also a little bit later on, a little taste of Lockdown Today, the newest podcast on the network with Peter Bukowski that you should be checking out and subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Stuff you should be doing for the Lockdown Pistons podcast, by the way. Help us out. Throw us a bone here. Give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H. Another underscore for that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian a follow on Twitter at bshook12. And also the Play Michigan Twitter account, play underscore Michigan. Big ups to Nick Hankel doing work on ESPN. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to check out the the clips there on the Twitter's machines and uh, check it out. The Shower Beers legend of Pistons Twitter getting it done in the spotlight representing Detroit and this fan base, I'm sure very well there in Chi-Town. But uh, Pacers in town tonight. Brother Brian's got the details. Let's hear it. This is your Pistons game preview. The 6-18 Pistons are looking for their first winning streak of the season on Thursday night when they host the 12-13 Indiana Pacers in the first meeting between the Central Division foes this year. The Pistons will have a new wrinkle as this will be the first game that newcomer Dennis Smith Jr. will be available to Coach Casey. Detroit is led by Jeremy Grant who has scored a career-high 32 in each of the last two games and has partnered with DeLon Wright nicely who has scored 22 in each of those same games. Mason Plumley comes off a double-double performance against the Nets in the win on Tuesday, and rookies Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey look to continue their strong play. Another Piston who has gotten hot of late is Josh Jackson, who has scored in double digits in his last five games. Detroit may be getting Indiana at the right time as they are on a four-game losing streak and playing the second game of a back-to-back as they got beat up in Brooklyn last night 104-94. The Nate Bjorkren coach team has also dropped six of their 
last seven. Indiana is paced by Malcolm Brogdon, who is scoring 22 a night with seven assists, and he is joined by big man DeMontis Sabonis in scoring over 20 as Sabonis also grabbed 12 rebounds and dishes out six assists per night. The two are joined by Miles Turner, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday in averaging double digits. Detroit is the 27th ranked team in the league in rebounding, and Indiana ranks 28th. The Pistons are three-point home dogs with a game number of 219, while the Pistons have covered and the over has come in two straight games. The game will tip off at 8 o'clock at LCA on Fox Sports Detroit and 104.3 WOMC. This has been your Pistons Game Preview. The Indiana Pacers on a serious skid right now heading to Detroit, and it's a franchise that there's a lot of history between the Pistons and Pacers. I don't know if you've quite heard about that, but it's also a franchise that is the level or maybe level and a half better than what the Pistons have been for this sad, sad stretch of the last 10 years where the Pistons were chasing mediocrity. The Pacers were like, they've been above mediocrity, but not enough to where it significantly matters. And I wonder if this 12-13 and 13 season, the new coach, another Nate coming in as coach, kind of a core of young guys that appears to be headed nowhere and not quite good enough. I mean, the Pistons might, you know, they're the one design of franchise that's twice built non-superstar teams and turned them into mini dynasties, championship type of uh, franchises and teams. The Pacers just aren't there. You know, they're not there. Something crazy would have to happen for them to get into that mix. So I've always kind of wondered about that, the Indiana Pacers. But they're also that small market team where maybe they can't tank. Maybe they can't have a 21 season because who knows how that would go over for ownership and ticket sales and the basketball community in Indianapolis and all that good stuff too. So an interesting team that we always have our eyes on here in Michigan and, of course, the fans and fan base of the Detroit Pistons, but another unremarkable group there in the Indiana Pacers. But we'll see what they look like with Brogdon and Sabonis and Miles Turner and uh, Karis LeVert not playing right now, but uh, we'll see what he looks like in his new digs as well, the former Michigander that we're hoping for good things from with the uh, recent medical situation that he's going through. But it sounds like, from what I could tell, uh, he's going to be playing uh, sooner rather than later down the road. But up next, we're going to talk to Gavin Shaw, talk, talking about guys who will be playing sooner rather than later. Dennis Smith Jr. making his debut tonight. And Gavin from Lockdown Knicks is going to tell us all about him. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But first, got to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. they got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your ride. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Can't think about a more appropriate product. Who wants to drive into the snow, into the sleet, into the rain, and all that that's going on here in Michigan to get some parts when you get them delivered to your door during a pandemic? The perfect service for the imperfect times that we're living through. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer. Those prices, that's the best part of rockauto.com. They're always reliably low and the same for the pros as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, 
Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Yes, sir! All right, now we're being joined by Gavin Shaw, one of the hosts of the Locked on Knicks podcast. We're going to break down Dennis Smith Jr. We had our own thoughts about it, but of course we're observing from afar, so we want to get the the up-close expert look from New York. Gavin, thanks for taking the time, man. A, a, a generous description, Matt. You're the first person to ever call me an expert, so I'm, I'm I'm flattered and I'm excited to be with you. Excited to talk Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, and the pressure's on now to bring the, the great insight <laughs> exactly. that we would expect from an expert, but Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> coming in on the big trade from Sunday afternoon right before Super Bowl kickoff. We know that uh, Dennis was part of the trade that acquired uh, Porzingis going over to Dallas and one of the, the main pieces that the Knicks acquired in that one and uh, a disappointment for the New York Knicks in his two full season, or I guess two, a partial season, a full season, and then just three games this year. Um, and, it, you know, we know about him requesting to be in the G League bubble and uh, getting that playing time. But uh, what's, what's the overall sense of, of how the trajectory of the, I'm guessing, pretty good expectations for his future when he was acquired to the struggles of last year? I know there was the off-the-court stuff as well. I mean, was it just was it that the the capital and all the hopes for Dennis Smith was was pretty much all dried up in New York at this point? And what was kind of the mood of Knicks fans when he was uh, part of a a trade that essentially dumped him? And, and Derrick Rose is a very useful player, as we know here in Detroit. But what was the mood about that trade in Knicks uh, Knicks Nation? Um, it was it was mixed. It was very very mixed. There was a lot of vitriol towards. Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and I think that in turn um, drove people to sort of be like, you know what, a, a very a very New York-y reaction to sort of just say, you know what, screw him. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is our guy now. Uh, we're happy to have those picks. We're happy to have that cap space. And, and if you talk to a Knicks fan today, they'll tell you that we actually got uh, Julius Randle and by proxy um, Marcus Morris and Emmanuel Quickly in that deal as well. Um, if, you, if you follow the... Um, like chain Connect of the reactions dots. Yeah. yeah 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 if you have one of the if you're like one of those like mass murderers and you have like the board with the string that like and i am everyone. and i am yeah, okay yes. perfect all right so you know exactly what i'm talking about mm -hmm. um yeah so i i have one of those and emmanuel quickly is on it mm -hmm. um so you could you could argue it's a good trade uh dennis Smith jr who was um sort of pitched obviously as, as the crowning jewel of that trade um at the at the time, I will say, I know you, you referenced the last time, Matt. I'll say it to myself, too. You can check the tapes. I was not exceptionally high on Dennis Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. And I, I made the argument, like, if you can't succeed playing next to Luka Doncic, uh, who are you going to succeed playing next to? And, he, and just based on his rookie year, he seemed like someone who needed the basketball to have a lot of success and, and didn't have enough talent or, or ability or skill or confidence or, or the combination of all those things to warrant um, dominating the basketball and being the lead ball handler on, on even a bad NBA team. Um, and I still, I still had some optimism just because he was such a high-level athlete. I, I was personally extremely high on him coming out of North Carolina State. Um, his shot had shown flashes of being pretty good, and I just kind of figured, you know what, fresh start. Um, I'm excited to see his talent in, in, in an environment that wasn't necessarily – ideal under David Fisdale, but at least would would give him a chance to fully stretch his wings. And I thought if nothing else, like this guy's going to put up some monster stats and, and maybe over time he, he's going to turn into something 
really special in New York. And that ultimately didn't come to pass. His first game with the Knicks was incredible. I think it was actually, it was against the Pistons. I think you're right. Yeah. But he had like 31 points. He shot 19 free throws. I think he only made like 11 of them, which maybe should have been the first sign that there was something bad there. But your your 6'1 point guard is getting to the line 19 times. You're saying, all right, you know what? Maybe, maybe we, maybe Detroit or excuse me, Dallas just wasn't a great fit for this guy. And um, obviously, Luca's the greater talent, but that's not that's not some great insult. That just means that he's not potentially one of the twenty greatest players of all time. And you could really, really have something here. And it's been pretty much all downhill from there. The rest of that season, he showed flashes of being really good. I was impressed with his passing ability. His shooting came and went, but there were stretches where it was it was good enough. And then coming into last year, we heard all the talk about how he spent the whole off season working with Keith Smart, uh, fixing his jump shot. Um, getting getting right, as it were, a, a David Fisdaleism um, that that haunts Knicks fans, as, as it was also applied to Emmanuel Mudiay, and that didn't come to pass ultimately. Um, and and he was he was he was nothing short of horrendous last season. And there there were extenuating circumstances. Um, I can't quite remember. He lost a close family member. I think, if I remember correctly, it was his, his stepmom, and right. and clearly that um, that that affected him the entire year. And he's dealing with a lot of grief, and in turn uh, missed a lot of time. Um, for, for personal reasons, um, uh, after her death, and then uh, came back and, and put together one of the five worst, maybe maybe one of the three worst shooting seasons uh, a starting guard has had in the NBA in, in modern league history, I would say since the merger. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, he was, for most of the year, he's hovering right around 35% from two-point range, uh, sub-30% the whole year from three, and and just never really found any kind of rhythm on the year. And it was so clear that by the end of the season, his confidence was just totally destroyed. You, you looked at him and you, you just didn't see someone who belonged in the NBA at that point. But I know uh, for Alex and I, there was some cautious optimism coming into this year. We said, obviously, last season was exceptional and then it ended early. There, there was just a whole lot going on. Um, this is still a guy with an immense amount of talent. He, he's going to be put into a healthy ecosystem for the uh, first time as a Nick under Tom Thibodeau and a staff that is prized for its player development abilities and obviously has, has proven itself in that capacity over a number of other Knicks. And uh, we, we got to see it a little bit in the preseason, and it didn't look that much different from last season outside of the fact that last year he, he just looked totally disinterested or, or at the very least disengaged at points. And this year when he came in, I'll give him credit, he was he was playing his ass off. I mean, particularly defensively. And Matt, I think you actually got to see that in the Pistons game is when it really stood out to me. Um, his ability to hound the ball, he's forcing a bunch of turnovers. I think he was averaging something like four steals per 36 minutes through the preseason. But offensively, there was still no rhythm there. The jump shot, which again was allegedly fixed, um, still looked pretty broken and inconsistent despite going in a couple of times. And it, it just sort of looked like he, he didn't really have any kind of verve, and, and he, he just looked sort of lost on the basketball court offensively. So I applaud the effort. Um, I really appreciated like his, his openness and willingness to go to the G League because you so rarely see that from top 10 picks early in their career. I know the Pistons have a guy who did that um, a year ago in Josh Jackson, um, and it, it seems to have worked out fairly well for him and gotten his career back on track. So maybe DSJ has the same path, but it, it, it has been it, it was just a massive, massive struggle um, for him on the next. Well, we, we appreciate hearing about the the effort that, that he was putting forth in, in limited minutes and limited games this year. But a couple of questions when you talk about his first season in New York and, and when he his best season in New York after the trade. Um, 
do you know is has the injuries sapped some of that athleticism first of all and second of all as that lead ball handler even in the the you know the top of his uh run with the Knicks a couple years ago how does this feel for for running an offense I mean is it uh do you see some developing there in terms of being an effective lead ball handler and uh and and running an offense or how do you think that that kind of projection projects in time yeah, as, as far as his athleticism, you certainly see flashes of it in, or at least we saw flashes of it in the open court. Like I'm, I'm really thinking back because we, we just barely saw him play last year is, is the whole thing. And it, and when, when he was out there, it felt like he was a shell of himself, but I don't know. My intuition was, it was more psychological than anything. It was, it was, it was somewhat on par with what, whatever happened with Markel Fultz in Philadelphia, where a guy, I mean, it was, it was, it seemed like the yips almost like he, mm-hmm. he just looked like broken. And to some extent, like he'd forgotten how to play basketball. It wasn't quite as egregious as, as Fultz where he just like totally forgot how to shoot, but it was, it was similar, honestly. And, and in the half court, I, I think that was the big thing with him. Even, even going back to his time in Dallas, I'm just not sure how well that ever really translated to the NBA. And obviously, I mean, you go back to his rookie, year, he, he had his moments where he looked really impressive in that capacity. His first game with the Knicks that we mentioned, getting 19 free throws, you saw the blow by ability. You saw the ability to get up, hang, take contact, um, still get off a shot at the rim. So if I had to guess, I would say it's still in there, but I, I just think it's, it might take a year or more to fully rehabilitate because he, he just looked so, so lost. And and again, I, I, I think there, there are certainly some questions about whether it will ever translate into him being like an explosive blow by top type of point guard or just someone who can, can throw down a crazy dunk in transition every once in a while. As far as him as a floor general, that was an area where initially I remember we were really talking it up his first couple of games as the Nick, I, I was impressed and I thought he was making good passes. He was making strong reads. He was throwing some of those like cross court one hander, like, um, like beating second side help time and time again. And I was like, you know, the Knicks might really have something here. And then that just kind of went away. And it was hard to tell, is it just that he's not playing 30 minutes a game and he's not getting a chance to show that off? Or is he just lost all confidence? And, and again, it's so hard to divorce what was disinterest last year versus, or, or I mean, again, um, going through a really hard time versus lack of ability. But I, I would say he can, he can make those reads in a limited capacity, but I just don't think you can have any kind of expectation that he's going to be doing it against starters um, anytime in the near future. Gavin Shaw of Locked On Knicks. Last question for you. The big trade on Sunday brings Derrick Rose back to the New York Knicks where he played in 16-17, which I think was his worst season as an NBA player, but did put up some big counting numbers. And we know that Derrick Rose has a legion of fans across the country who love him more than they love really anything. And uh, Gavin, what's the reaction of Knicks fans? Are they really excited to get Derrick Rose a little bit apprehensive somewhere in between or is it just that this guy happens to be really excited this guy's pissed off about it what is the reaction of Knicks fans about the trade yeah I think when it initially happened it was it was very mixed and a lot of people were were fairly neutral about it like I saw some some national pundits were were kind of clowning the Knicks on the trade and I, I just didn't understand that because the cost was so low it was a middle second round pick and Dennis Smith Jr. who who at this point just wasn't going to be a part of the Knicks' future and is even behind guys like Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina who are out of the rotation. And the Knicks gave him every chance to succeed, and, and he just couldn't do it. So I, I know personally, and it seemed like the Knicks front office agreed, there, there wasn't really a scenario where DSJ ever ever made an impact in New York again. 
And then the second round pick is, I mean, it, it's whatever. But our bigger concerns are more about, is this guy going to take away minutes from Emmanuel Quickly, who is arguably the Nick with the highest long-term upside, which I'm sure people will be stunned to hear after he was the 25th pick in the draft. And not someone who came in with crazy high expectations. People were shocked that he was picked that high. But he, he's been that good so far in his rookie season. And um, we, we just, we, we didn't want Derek Rose to interfere with that in any way but the first uh, the first game of rose was the antithesis antithesis of that where he really got um he, he kind of weaponized quickly as an off ball threat and he allowed um quickly to get shots uh within the flow of the offense that that weren't self-created and that that's essentially been absent this year because guys like austin rivers haven't been able to do that for him and quickly inexplicably hasn't played a ton of minutes with the starters so rose rose kind of brings that he, he played with verve he played incredibly unselfishly and he, he hit some really tough shots. I, I was kind of getting into this with you, Matt, on the locked on Nick side of things. But the one concern is, all right, when those shots stop falling, is he going to keep taking them? Is he going to be forcing them? And then based on what you told me, based on what I've seen from him, the answer is on some nights it's going to be yes. But as of now, I, I think he's a solid fit on the Knicks, and he brings some life to their second unit beyond just quickly, which was much needed. I, I'm fascinated to see once he gets to play with the starters a little bit, which Tibbs didn't do on night one with Rose. Rose was was a la- last second uh, clearance to play against the Heat. It was it was initially expected that he was going to miss that game, um, but once he actually gets to play with the starters, I'm fascinated to see how it looks. Yeah, you did mention that I was on Locked On Knicks with you today, so Pistons fans, go ahead and download that. Check that out as we give the other side of the perspective. How will Derrick Rose fit in with the New York Knicks going forward? I know we're all got February 28th circled on our calendar for the Knicks and the Pistons. I'll tell Knicks fans to be ready for Isaiah Stewart. He's going to really show what Pistons basketball used to be about and hopefully is about in the future as he's making all the veteran centers around the league understand who what he's all about on the and, and a New York native Matt At, there you go Rochester New York that's right so uh you know a little bit about him and uh, he's he's certainly making the uh the folks of the Empire State uh very happy as well but uh Gavin Schalt of Lockdown Knicks check him out anything else to plug uh no that's that's pretty much it uh yeah uh, thanks for having me on Matt uh you can follow me on Twitter at Gavin Shaw, there's some general NBA stuff, also non-pandemic times, broadcasts some college basketball and high school sports throughout the country. Obviously, Detroit and Michigan as a whole, a great place for all that. So throw me a follow if you can. And thanks for having me, Matt. It's Bang the Overbrother Brian here, and I've got some Piston game information to get you here in just a second. But just remember that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we know right here in Detroit, the NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. As a matter of fact, if you look at the Pistons game information right now for their game tonight against the Indiana Pacers at Little Caesars Arena, you'll see that they're three-point home dogs while the game number is 219. If you're into money lines, the Pacers are minus 148 while the Detroit Pistons are plus 126. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode also brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, In Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it here. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters of each 
produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of a diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. February is Black History Month, and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Lockdown Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked on Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked on Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on Today, the latest podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, is the only 20 minutes you need to be prepared for the day in sports. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, here's what you can expect from the show every day. Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. The NBA and its players are on opposite sides of the All-Star game. Are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL this offseason? Plus, can the Minnesota Vikings follow in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. We haven't heard much about the NBA All-Star Game lately, which is likely headed to Atlanta in less than a month. What's going on with that? Maria Martin with our friends at 11 Alive Sports gives us an update. An NBA All-Star Game announcement seemed imminent, but as word circulated that the league was scrambling to put a game together, I think it's stupid. Player criticism arose. Reports stated that the league and the Players Association liked the idea of having the game, but the actual players, not so much. Still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still de- dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Obviously, you guys can see I'm not very happy about it. After LeBron's comments, no announcement, just murmurs of the league continuing to work out the details. The job for the union has been to try to make sure our players are healthy and safe. Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association and advocated for an all-star game. And he's still working to make that happen. Different situations, you know, guys who've been playing a lot of games. Uh, who hadn't really had much of breaks. You know, guys look at that break as an opportunity to see their families. Television rights are what makes it too appealing for the league to give up. Last year's game saw a ratings increase of 8%. 7.3 million viewers. Ads sold out in record time in 2020, bringing in millions. We all know why we're playing it. Uh, you know, is money on the line. Just putting putting money over health right now. There is no timeline for an announcement, but it's likely coming. It may not bring the same fanfare as a typical event, but for Trey Young, he says it would be an honor. It's a different opinion for me uh, than a lot of other guys who are flying in. And um, I understand both sides. 11 Alive has been on top of this from the start. They'll continue to update us. But for the latest, check them out at 11 Alive News and 11alive.com. I, for one, don't understand how someone like Chris Paul can say 
hey, we care about our guys' safety, our players, that's what we're worried about, and then say, well, we need to play this exhibition game that doesn't actually matter in the standings. LeBron has it absolutely right. This is about the money. This is about protecting the golden goose. They can sell ads on it, so they're going to have a game, and that's just the reality of the situation that we are in. Just a taste there for you of Locked On today. The first taste is free. Just like you know it always is. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Shook. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow for Fridays with Brian. Brian.